Hello there and welcome to the Racing Home podcast brought to you by Women in Racing and Simply Racing with support from the Racing Foundation and Kindred Group. I'm Naomi Meller, an equine vet and podcast producer, and in this podcast we're talking about work and family. It's challenging being a parent, whoever you are and whatever you do, and it's particularly challenging being a parent when you work in horse racing. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. So how can we best help people manage being both great parents and valued members of the racing family? Following the Racing Home Research Project, in this podcast we'll be exploring ideas around parenthood and career progression and how to do things differently. I'll be talking to trainers, jockeys, physiotherapists and a host of the sport's experts and decision makers about their experiences, their stories and how together we can shape a positive future for all families in horse racing. It's only a few days until the official launch of the Racing Home Project at Kempton Racecourse on the 6th of July, where we'll be talking in detail about all the different strands of the project, including a hugely exciting, revolutionary new programme designed by Racing Home in conjunction with the IJF and NARS to give proper, practical medical help to women in the industry following childbirth. I'm delighted to be joined today by two women who've been deeply involved in the development of this pilot project, Dominique Tortise and Dr. Anna Louise McKinnon. Dom has worked in racing for 20 years, 11 of which have been in Newmarket. She's been with the National Association of Racing Staff for four years and is the project assistant for their education programme, working on upskilling racing staff to help them progress inside the industry or to move on to further employment elsewhere if desired. Dom has two teenage sons aged 15 and 13 and has been a single parent for 13 years. Dr. Anna Louise McKinnon is a consultant in sport and exercise medicine for the Inter Jockeys Fund and the British Equestrian Federation, as well as practicing within the NHS. Having previously ridden out for Andrew Balding and competed in a charity race, Anna Louise heads up the medical team for the IJF, providing a point of contact for questions from physios, nutritionists, dietitians, psychologists, sport and exercise consultants and the IJF's liaison teams. She's a hugely experienced sports medicine doctor and we are thrilled to have her as part of the racing home team. If I had a fiver every time a friend said to me, nobody tells you about followed by an in-depth description of a medical detail related to pregnancy or childbirth, I would be doing pretty well by now. It's extremely common for women to experience physical, mental and emotional issues in the run-up to their labour and after childbirth. Carrying a baby for nine months, then giving birth, is a huge, ginormous physical ordeal for anyone's body. People rarely talk about the morning sickness, the crushing tiredness, the prolapses, incontinence, tears and postnatal depression, to name just a few. But these things happen to many, many women. And when you're involved in an activity like horse riding, there are particular things to consider, as Anna Louise explained. Okay, so I mean, if we think about pre-pregnancy to start with, right from the early stages, so in your first three months of pregnancy... A lot is happening in that time, although outwardly nothing appears to be happening and you're trying to put on a brave face and present as if nothing is happening. And generally speaking, most people won't tell their employers um, that, what they're feeling. But, you know, often people are very tired, they're lethargic, they've got morning sickness. And then we require them to ride maybe six lots first thing in the morning when they're probably feeling at their grottiest. 
Um, and also they have to do that with a nice smile on their face because they're pretending not to be pregnant at that stage. So that's your first three months. And actually, from a safety point of view, yeah, it's fine. You know, we do, I don't have a problem with anyone riding during that stage, other than it can be just very, very tiring for them. Post that three month phase where the uterus is starting to come um, above the pelvic rim, then there are more risks. Um, and the sort of rule of thumb that we use within the rest of the world and other sports is don't bump the bump. So once there is a bump, then there is obviously a risk of damage to the uterus and then to the pregnancy. Um, and obviously working around horses during that time becomes a problem. So people are going to be less um, inclined to want to ride and feel safe riding. And that will be individual. Everyone will feel different about that. And also it'll depend what sort of horses you're riding. But equally, being on the ground around horses becomes a more risky time. Racehorses and thoroughbreds are unpredictable. Um, you know, a big hoof in the stomach's not going to do anyone any good. But equally, a nudge with the head can also cause some damage um, or just being yanked across the yard by a horse. So um, after the three-month phase, it'll depend really on how people feel, um, that conversation with their employers um, as to what the employer is happy for them to be doing, um, and then how they sort of transition themselves into other jobs around the yard. You know, yard duties, you can continue right through pregnancy to quite near the end, um, quite safely, but being around horses when you can't move quickly and easily out of the way becomes more hazardous. Um, so those are some of the things to think about in that sort of antenatal stage. And then postnatally, again, we've got the whole transition back into riding again, which is going to take time. It takes nine months to have a pregnancy. And as some people say, it takes nine months to recover from it. Um, and I think that's fairly, fairly true. Everyone's going to do it at different stages and at different speeds. And it really depends on how fit you are before the pregnancy and then also any complications. Um, so that programme... Um, a recovery stage afterwards is equally as important for getting people back riding again. And one of the things that has cropped up a little bit in some of the conversations I've had is around quantifiable risk when you are pregnant. And I think it's quite a difficult thing to measure, you know, how much force is a, is a risk? How much at risk am I? Do we have any idea of statistics research around that that can give you any kind of guide, I suppose? Or is it very individual person driven depending on how you're feeling within the equestrian industry no there's little enough research in this area um but being focused primarily on equestrian sport absolutely nothing so that's what's so exciting about this program is that we're developing something that's completely new it's novel and the lessons that we learn from this will be applicable to all other equestrian sports and athletes so it's a really novel program that's being introduced here and we will learn a hell of a lot from it. So I think um, we've just got to make sure that we record the data that we get and we learn from it um, and we share that information. And it sounds like, although, you know, I often use the examples of sort of Serena Williams, Jessica Ennis, you know, they return to very high level sports postpartum. Um, it sounds like from what you're saying, there isn't much else in other sports as well. Is that sort of fair to say that this is very novel across the sporting world, not just the equestrian world as well? Over the last few years, there has been a massive um, surge in um, research and interest in this area. Um, so the Canadians produced a set of guidelines in 2019. And since then, there have been further guidelines. And also the UK government has developed guidelines um, as well. So 
There is a lot of interest in this area, but it has come in the last couple of years. There is guidance on returning to running. So when I was looking at how we develop this programme for the equestrian world, I really had to look at all the evidence that um, and the um, protocols that are there for returning to running. And what we need to do is develop our own. And that's what we're in the process of doing with this pilot project is using what's out there and then developing our own spin on things, um, which our physiotherapists are already starting to um, to devise. Which is brilliant. Yeah. And Dom, what experiences did you have when you were pregnant kind of physically? And what do you hear from the yards from your members at NARS around partly their kind of worries and concerns, but also their experiences of successful or potentially unsuccessful returns to work? Um, So I rode out with my first son um, until I was six months pregnant. That was personally my choice and my employer didn't put any pressure on me. Ultimately, they said it was my decision and they were happy to support um, with that. I think that that is becoming less commonplace. Um, I think it's people's personal choices and much more information out there nowadays with the risks it's just not a very smooth transition either prenatal or postnatal and I think that that's the beauty of the program is to just ensure that it's a smooth transition back for ladies into the workplace physically emotionally and mentally and also for the employers themselves makes the transition much easier for everybody I think that there are many steps in the Racing Home programme that will continue to assist with that as well. Um, For example, you know, your paid keeping in touch days, that's not commonly used in the industry. There's pockets of good practice, but there's significant pockets of not so good practice. So we really need to work on making sure that, you know, it's just a happy and positive experience for the employee and the employer. I'd like to say that that's the case um, currently in the industry. My experience and experience of others that I speak to regularly, including women who've who've come forward for the new programme, have said quite the opposite. So it's it's a big hill to climb, but it's good that the conversation has started and that we're already sort of on the phase of, of, of the project to ensure that actually things things start to change because ultimately it's beneficial for the employer to have happy staff and as you know 70% of young people coming into the industry are female now and that's increasing every year to make sure that we're really starting that now. We're already behind the curve, that's clear, but it's we need to start, you know, making headway with with getting towards the front of the curve. NARS serve their members in a whole host of ways and are constantly in touch with stable staff about a massive range of issues. Pregnancy and maternity are just two of those, but I wondered what Dom's feeling was about people's willingness to approach them at NARS. Had she noticed a change in the amount or type of communication they receive? And did she think that people are more willing to flag bad practice now than previously? Um, I think we still have a long way to go. I think not just with maternity, with everything. Um, People are nervous to come forward um, if it's a negative um, query because they're concerned with how their employer may react. But I think with maternity, I think it's still still very taboo in the industry. Um, People don't want to be a pain. They don't want to to make life difficult for people or themselves. And I think there is a real 
nervousness around creating a fuss, as it were. Obviously, everything that comes through our office is confidential, so I couldn't give you a figure or anything like that. But I don't feel that I I don't feel that we we are hearing enough of of people that are having problems in the in the workplace regarding maternity. I think quite often people are just more prepared to leave than they are to actually have that conversation. I'm privileged in the fact that obviously I don't work in a yard per se. So I am able to be very honest about my experiences regarding maternity and parenting whilst working in the industry. And I also have an incredibly supportive boss who who wants me to have those conversations because he thinks it's important that we're talking about it. So I'm lucky that I'm in that position. And I also feel that 10 years I worked as a single parent in the industry and it was a real struggle and it was part of the reason I stepped sidestepped into NARS. I think that, you know, I faced a lot of negativity and a lot of adversity being a mother in the industry, regardless of whether I had a significant other or not. But what I feel very strongly about is that now I'm in the position I am, that somebody needs to have those conversations and somebody needs to advocate for other women who are working at the grassroots level so that actually nobody has to face negativity um, like I did, that we should be moving forwards, not stagnating or going backwards. We have a long way to go. And I want to say, you know, kudos to the trainers who are always trying to improve their working practices. The Lysets, for example, is a great example of that. But unfortunately, there just don't seem to be enough trainers subscribing to that, which is where we need to really push that conversation. I wasn't one of those women that was, you know, 21 and said, yes, my my goal in life is to have children. I hadn't figured that out for myself. But there are a lot of women who do identify that at some point they would like to have a family. And the reality is, is that if we're not careful, they'll join the industry, take one long look at it and think there's no way I can ever make that work. So actually, I'm better off jumping ship now than sticking around to build a career that then doesn't do anything more. So we have to we have a long way to go. Um, But it's good that we've started. Definitely. Yes. I mean, so well said. We've talked quite a lot about the kind of education and employment angles of that. And if you haven't listened to uh, episode two, which was with Andrea O'Keefe and Claire Kubler talking about life in training yards, they've both been recipients of the Lysitz Team Champion Award that Don mentioned there and um, talking about how they have made life uh, a bit easier for staff in their yards and trying to kind of balance all those things together. But Anna-Louise, can you just give us a flavour of what this new programme, we've, we've kind of alluded to it a few times and I can't wait to get on to tell people what it actually entails. Um, what what are we going to do with that? And can we give an introduction to that? Because this is very exciting, I think, for the industry, for racing home, for women in racing. It's, it's really groundbreaking. And I think it's a real privilege to have you with us and to be working on this project because it's suffice to say that um, it is going to be great. And can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, so basically, the funding from Racing Welfare and, and the Racing Home project it enables women to access up to six sessions of physiotherapy through a 
I, at the moment, because it's a pilot project, it's through one of the Injured Jockeys Fund centres, but in time it will be spread further afield to other providers um, and other physiotherapists. So what it will start with is an initial assessment. Um, and during the initial assessment, the physiotherapist will take a really in-depth history. Um, and it's possibly the first time that that lady will have the chance really to spend some time with someone in a comfortable environment and feel able to open up about their experiences during pregnancy, their delivery and probably the first few weeks because we suspect that we'll be seeing patients after their six-week check. So most people will come to us after their six-week check with their GP. Um, so they're going to take a in-depth history which will take you know, a good sort of 20 minutes or so. Um, and then they'll start to assess them physically. Um, what it isn't is a specialist women's health appointment. Um, because ideally, what every woman should be offered following pregnancy is access to a specialist women's health physiotherapy assessment, which will be a much more in-depth examination of their pelvic floor function. Um, so that's when things like incontinence and prolapses are identified and then treated if needs be. So for most women, they won't have um, really problematic pelvic floor dysfunction, um, but everyone has some pelvic floor issues that they need to manage after pregnancy. So those are the majority of the ones that we're going to be able to pick up on this programme. So they'll have their initial assessment um, and be guided through um, early stage exercises, so pelvic floor strengthening exercises, and through those six sessions of physiotherapy, um, which will be spread over weeks to months, depending on how quickly that um, lady is getting back to their normal function. Um, and we'll progress them through exercises so that by the end, they are able to ride a horse, to jump off the horse at the end, to perhaps jump a jump if that's part of their role, to be able to hold a horse if they suddenly pull the reins, um, because all these things need to be trained prior to getting on the horse. Otherwise, um, you're going to come unstuck in that situation when you get on a horse. And the last thing we want is people to get to the end of the program um, and still not have the confidence that they can ho hold on to a pulling horse without having to worry about their pelvic floor um, or, you know, incontinence, bit of leaking, which is going to be really, really common for some. What we have to do using the sort of protocols that have been set out for women returning to running, we have to identify what activities people riding a horse need to be able to do and then we have to devise our own exercises to mimic those situations and to gradually progress them into those situations. The end stage would be to have an assessment on perhaps an equisizer. So we would get them on the equisizer with either the physiotherapist or a strength and conditioning coach or one of the jockey coaches um, who's sort of trained in that area, probably one of the female coaches, to assess them on the equisizer, see that they are fit enough to do the job. What that won't tell us, though, is those sudden jolts and those sudden movements that you also need to be able to um, to handle. So what we would propose is probably looking at people on a trampette or a trampoline or jumping onto a crash mat to try and mimic those situations. And the really nice thing about the um, the physiotherapists at the Injured Jockeys Fund is they work with jockeys all the time. So they absolutely know what sort of activities they have to be able to manage. Um, and that's different from physiotherapists working in other sports because a lot of them don't have that in-depth understanding of the industry. So that's where we can really use the skills and expertise that we've got available through 
through the Injured Jockeys Fund to its full, is trying to devise those exercises. So at the end of that six, six session programme, I can't say exactly what time frame that will be over because it will be so dependent on the person. Um, they should be able to return to their riding activities. There will obviously be some bumps along the way. There'll be some people that um, that do need further intervention from a specialist women's health physiotherapist will refer out to those. And if they have other complications along the way, again, um, we'll identify those and refer on to specialists as required. And also there'll be some that just do need a few more appointments. And again, through Racing Welfare, we're able to apply for a few more appointments if necessary. But the majority of women we would hope to get through and back on a horse within those six sessions. Um, And at the end of the pilot, we should have a really nice protocol that we can then use going forward for all other women going back to riding after um, pregnancy. Gosh, this is amazing. And actually, the application across the equestrian industry more widely as well as racing is just huge. And I think it's amazing that so often on the horse side, like as a, as a vet, like we would often say that research starts with thoroughbreds because it's funded through racing and then it trickles down into you know, eventing or show jumping or any other equestrian discipline afterwards. And it seems to me that this is potentially going to be the same, that we're doing this kind of groundbreaking project and developing protocols in racing that eventually might be able to be rolled out into the wider equestrian community, which is enormous, you know, for women returning to riding. And the one thing that struck me when you were talking about that is the number of women that I imagine have been suffering in silence for a long time and, you know, I know friends of my own who've gone back after having had cesarean sections, for example, and they may have returned to riding too quickly without adequate rehab and just the abdominal pain that can come with that as well, as as well as pelvic floor issues, as you've mentioned. And those things, it's the opportunity to help people on really quite a wide scale in the future is, is extremely exciting. It sounds great. Um, and you, we're obviously in the pilot stage. Dom, I know you've been involved with kind of developing that and you mentioned about the people involved. Can you give us an idea about how many people are involved and where we're up to with the pilot? So, yes, it's been really exciting. And I think it's something, you know, as as the project was developed and has been developed and sort of more ideas have then come off the back of of the initial ideas, um, there's always been a real sort of sense of excitement around this with everybody that's been involved um, with getting this off the ground. Um, At the moment, we have a few ladies who are taking part currently, sort of, we launched it quite softly initially. um, And then we have an official launch on the 4th of July. So that's when we'll have all the stakeholders together um, and and really sort of make everybody aware of, of of the project. But I went out and dropped leaflets into every yard in Newmarket a couple of weeks ago. And normally when I do a, a leaflet run for NARS education type things, you kind of drop it in and go and it's quite a quick process because obviously you will all know how many trainers there are in Newmarket. It took me three mornings to get round because this is the kind of project where everybody wants to stop and talk to you about it I couldn't just drop the leaflets they were like wow what is this you know people want to know and to be honest you know the feedback was has been incredible already not just from the staff also from from some of the trainers very exciting I sort of came away after three days and I I got on a zoom with some of the other women who've been working on the project and I just said this is this is incredible and I actually I felt quite emotional because it's something that has it started out as as just a group of women talking 
and 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 it's grown into this and it's it's kind of grown into a beast of its of its own and and now you know we're actually off and running with it um and already you can see that it is going to develop and it will get the support i think it's going to take time it's a long road there still are a lot of negative opinions around maternity in the industry that it doesn't work and it can work so i i'm excited i think everybody that's worked on it is you know done an amazing job definitely think that just going out and chatting to the staff just really solidified that it's much needed um and 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 that it's it's exciting for everybody and i look at it and i think you know damn i wish this had been around when i had my kids and i you know a couple of other ladies who are a similar age group to me who i was chatting to in different yards they were like this would have been amazing if if i'd have had this support when i had my children instead of sort of feeling like it was a bit of a lonely old place so yeah i think so far the feedback has been has been great so yeah long may it continue The IJF physios offer an amazing service and are incredibly experienced looking after people in racing, both riders and otherwise. Initially, the pilot programme will just be offered at the IJF hubs of Jackberry House, Oaksey House and Sir Peter O'Sullivan House, but we're hoping to have it rolled out more widely in the not-too-distant future. In the meantime, I asked Anna Louise about the ways in which women can help themselves, both before, during and after pregnancy. There's always chat about core strength and pelvic floor exercises. But what are her top tips? Well, I think, obviously, as you mentioned, the pelvic floor exercises are really important. But core strength is actually something that's fairly, you know, as a rider, you you do have it. You know, um, riders are usually very, very strong. You use your pelvic floor all the time. Every time you pull the reins, um, you have to engage your abdominal muscles and your pelvic floor. Because it's a bit like a box. You have your diaphragm at the top. You have your abdominal muscles at the front. You have your pelvic floor at the bottom. um, And then you have your back and, and the muscles around the side all enclosing that box. So following pregnancy, all of a sudden, one end of that box, possibly two, as in your abdominal muscles become become very weak and stretched, and also your pelvic floor muscles do. And if you take a pull of the reins, you'll realise that two sides of that box have completely gone, and you've got nothing, you cannot hold a horse. So it's second nature. You don't think about it before you have a pre- before you have a baby, but you absolutely will suddenly know what it's all about once you've had a baby. Continuing to keep fit throughout pregnancy is really important. Um, in the past, um, we didn't talk to women very much about keeping fit during pregnancy. We were very cautious. You know, often people had maybe slightly higher risk pregnancies and they were just told to bed rest or do nothing. So the tide has completely turned. We really want people to keep fit and active during pregnancy. Now, obviously, the horses are a problem. So people gradually will take themselves away from those riskier environments. But if you can keep fit during pregnancy, that's your number one goal. If you do that, that's great. Following pregnancy, in the early stages, getting back to um, just daily activities, walking, pelvic floor exercises for those first few weeks, obviously really, really important. And from the from then we can progress things. But the fitter you are before um, and the less weight you gain as well um, will also have a massive impact. The easier things will be afterwards. Way back, I remember... Um, uh, having a jockey that I was speaking to who wanted to come back race riding. It, I mean, literally within a few weeks, she was back race riding. She felt absolutely fine because she kept going such a long way through her pregnancy 
you know, beforehand. So she had no problems at all. And I'm sure there will be people like that, but equally there will be people that have much more difficulty afterwards that we need to look after. Uh, but yeah, the, the tide has definitely turned and we really want people to keep active during pregnancy and then get back into activity afterwards. And it'd be great to see women going back into the workforce even if they don't go, want to get back on the horse, actually just pushing a wheelbarrow and lifting buckets is really, really difficult and they need to get fit for that. So even if I would say to women, if they don't necessarily think they want to get back on a horse, please still access the programme because actually all those other activities need training for um, and the programme will help with all of that as well. I always think working in a yard uh, is basically hidden weightlifting because <laughs> um, you just you don't realize how much weight you're lifting whether it's a bag of feed or a bale a bucket of water all of those things are at least 10 kilos if not 15 or more and actually that's if you go to the gym and pick that up as a dumbbell that feels quite heavy and yet actually you know we talk about the horses you know, being hoiked around by horses, whether that's picking up legs or whatever. But actually, I always think that those other jobs, like you say, are often just as physical, but you don't really think about it. No, exactly. And and you've got to train for that. So, you know, I think if a trainer wants to see their people back in the yard and working hard, then actually giving them that time and encouraging them to take these um, to take part in the programme will be really beneficial to them. The other thing is for women, um, often women will just drop out of being physically active once they've had children. You know, they'll say, well, I'm so exhausted looking after my child. Actually, I can't really do very much more. But actually, we really want to encourage women to stay physically active and to become more physically active because they'll be better mums afterwards. They'll have more energy. Um, there's a massive positive mental health um, aspect to this as well. Um, so for so many points of view, being active afterwards is really, really important. And that's another message that, you know, the government's trying to push forward as well. Um, so in all walks of life, being physically active um, after pregnancy is something that we're all really keen to see people do more of. And if people want to find out more about this, if people are interested in maybe applying to be a part of the scheme or accessing it, Dom, how do they go about that? Please just drop me an email, um, which is um, Dominique Tortis at naors.co.uk or give the office a call. Um, and I'm happy to chat through it with anybody who's interested or if they if they're not sure or if they're in the very early stages of pregnancy, but they think that, you know, it's something they would definitely like to access further down the line. Um, it's you know we're really keen for um, as as many ladies to have as have access to this as possible. And are we just talking about racing staff at the moment, or is this open to the wider industry, or what's the sort of timeframes around that? Do we have any idea? Yeah, I mean it's it's open to the wider industry. So um, okay, we cool. we definitely want to push push the message as Anna Louise says, rightly so. Yard staff, it's not just riders. Yard staff, stud staff. So um, yeah, anybody that would like a bit more information. Um, please do get in touch. Wonderful. Well, I'll link to the NARS website and I'll pop your email address in the show notes as well so people can access that and get in touch with you. The Racing Home website, we keep banging on about on this podcast, but it is brilliant and there is a lot of information on the Racing Home website and we're going to be adding to that as the time goes on. Um, I know Dina is working really hard behind the scenes. This project is developing and expanding all the time. Like, like Dom said, it's become a bit of a behemoth. We are going to be pushing out into things like menopause um, and talking about 
about other aspects as well. So um, if there's anything that you're interested in, then uh, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. I think the, the only thing I'd also add is that um, if people want a bit more information um, about staying active during pregnancy and afterwards, have a look at the Active Pregnancy Foundation um, and This Mum Moves. because There's a lot of really useful information there as well that will just keep people going during pregnancy um, that when they're considering sort of joining the programme and before they do join the programme. It's so individual, isn't it? I was going to say, I had a friend who's, she's been a very, very good runner and was planning on being this kind of mum that ran all the way through her pregnancy. And she had a lot of complications while she was pregnant. And I think she felt a lot of shame around the fact that she couldn't do what she wanted to do. And she felt pressure to be this kind of very active person doing the level of exercise to the extent and quality that she'd always done it and actually then I think she found a lot of community around this mum moves in particular because she found it very very difficult not being able to perform and to run in the way that she wanted and I know she was quite open with me about the fact that she found that so challenging and actually finding a community of women that were trying to do the same through that was was really really helpful so that's definitely a big big shout out to that community and Dom how about you anything from your end I think really just to sort of hammer home the point that the conversation has been started now and I you know I think that for women in the industry we are in a really good position moving forwards I think that um, you know it is absolutely your choice always whether you want to have a career and start a family and nobody should sway that decision for you and I think that moving moving this project forwards I think it's going to offer so much more support for people so I don't think people should be put off by having the conversation or starting the conversation and I would always fully encourage ladies to have those transparent conversations with their employers um, and and not be be worried about the reaction they may receive um, because there is now a whole support network of people around the industry that are going to be willing to you know prop you up should you need it. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow the podcast to receive all new episodes as they land. It would really help us if you could rate the podcast and leave a review telling us what you'd like to hear about. This is a resource for you and everyone in the industry, and we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. So see you then.